the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Just a a wild sort of sequence of events here in college football. You see those sirens in your feed. You know exactly what that means. Dan Mullen has been fired by Florida. Uh, This is a move which will send the Gators now into the finale against Florida State, not only fighting for bowl eligibility, but down a head coach, multiple assistants. Greg Knox will serve as the interim. But lots to get to here as we try to figure out, uh, A, you know, what went wrong at Florida? How um, fixable are some of those issues for a program and a team that was in the SEC championship uh, less than one calendar year ago? The candidates that are involved and, and of course, how this might impact the rest of the coaching carousel. Uh, but I think the thing that is most interesting to me is that last question. Do you think that results on the field or in the coaching carousel have inspired Florida to go ahead and make this move now? You know, Chip, I, I don't necessarily know that it's it's other teams, you know, firing their coaches that that made Florida make this move. I mean, Dan Mullen, up until this year, had done a really pretty nice job on the field, at least at Florida. Right? They were a game away from making the the national, you know, or excuse me, making the playoff last year. And if they got in, there's a decent chance they they would have, you know, made some noise there. They lost to Alabama. He was what twenty nine and twenty nine and nine through three years, and then this year. The bottom absolutely fell out. And t- to me, yes, he had not recruited extremely well at Florida relative to the expectations that had been established for that program, you know, by Spurrier when he was engaged, certainly by Ron Zook, by Urban Meyer, by people who have shown how well you can recruit if you are doing a great job for the Gators there on the recruiting trail. Uh, but I-, I think this move is probably Florida looking around and saying, there's something culturally going on here, right? Like, like okay, you've, you've had a bad year. You had some breaks, some bad ones against Kentucky, you know, LSU with all his return touchdowns. There's something greater going on here, though, inside this program culturally that is causing this team to, to play like it doesn't give a damn down the stretch. And I think when, when a coach loses a team, it's hard to get it back, especially if there are not really encouraging signs there, particularly on the recruiting trail, uh, that he's going to get it back. You get your ass handed to you by Georgia, that's tough. Georgia is about to sign maybe the number one recruiting class in the nation again. You're nowhere close to that. Florida decided it, it can't drop any further. Do you think that Florida, like, like what is the best? Is it, a Florida fan is listening to this. A Florida fan is watching this here on youtube.com slash cover three as we are coming to you live with this emergency podcast. Do you think 
that there is a Florida fan who can look themselves in the eye and see a path where this is not an early signing period or recruiting class that is just going to be totally lost. It is a common theme that Bud Elliott has mentioned many, many times going back to the beginning of the early signing period and how that first class often tends to be a wash. What is the best case scenario here? So, Chip, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, they, this recruiting class for them probably will be a wash. Uh, they sit at 23rd right now with 13 verbal commitments. Uh, we know Isaiah Bond took a, their top-rated commitment out, out of Buford, Georgia, took a visit over the weekend to Alabama. So if he's a take at Alabama, obviously that's uh, you know potentially going to be an issue there. Uh, Nick Evers, their quarterback, we'll see. He's out of Texas. No real connections to the program, I believe, other than, than to the staff. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, there's some other guys in that class who I would expect likely to stick because they're either Gator legacies or – they may not have better options, which is a problem in, in itself, right? Guys not having better options. Um, I guess the, what I'm trying to say here is this class will not be good. It was not going to be great if they had kept Dan. So maybe that's one one of the reasons they looked around and said, "Look, let's let's pull the plug now uh, because this is just not not improving t- talent wise." And Mullins clearly lost the team. So what about candidates? Like, what's the we've got LSU? And we've got Florida, and they are, you know, cross division rivals. They might have different fits, but it feels like this is the same pool, right? I mean, it's there might be some Louisiana centric or some Florida centric motivations for a candidate that might have them lean one way or the other. It, how about this? Which one do you think is a better job, LSU or Florida? I think right now LSU is. Okay. The the last three coaches to coach at LSU have all won national titles. We think one of those is the best coach in the history of, of the game of football at the college level. The other two, I don't really think you can tell me with a straight face, you think are, are elite-level coaches in Les Miles and Ed Orcheron. At Florida, the two guys that have won national titles there are Hall of Famers, Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. And both these programs can be kind of quick on, on the trigger. Uh, look, they're, they're both really, really good jobs, right? So... It's tough to say, but I think LSU also, realistically, if you're projecting and you say, hey, I want to make an eight-year hire, a 10-year hire, what's the chance that Saban's still cooking in eight years at Alabama? What's the chance that Kirby Smart still has that thing firing on all cylinders at Georgia? I think the beasts you have to battle are equal right now, but longevity-wise, I think Georgia is a bigger problem for you if you're Florida than Bama is for LSU. So for um, I, I vote LSU as well. And I will bring back uh, Barton Simmons' old take. Do you remember this one? He said, you show up to the state championship game on one of those days where, you know, they do a couple 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and it's all in the Superdome. And you know what? I mean, damn, if half those teams aren't Tigers and have purple and gold and or have purple and gold as their mascot. And it's, it's just a funny representation of how important LSU football is to an entire state, how little competition there is, how it is just bred within the culture of LSU football at every level. And there's so much talent within that state that even if it is the subconscious, like, I don't know, I wore purple and gold and we were the Tigers and we were really good and look, they wear purple and gold. Uh, I think that that uh, idea of competition uh, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to also just like trying to gather together resources, you know, like there's just a lot of people who are going to be ready to invest in your program. Florida, I I think that Florida has really in the last, what, 
10 years been trying to address some facilities issues? Like they, they've come in recently, I think with uh, steps forward, but I mean, wasn't this a, a Gators program that was fighting a little bit of an uphill battle, maybe five, six, eight years ago? Yeah. So I, I really don't think that issue is necessarily going to be a, a problem going forward. I agree with you, by the way, on your take that everybody in the state of Louisiana, for the most part, is pulling in one direction. And we all know what direction that is. We're, we're in the state of Florida. State government is pulling yeah. in one direction. Like local businesses are pulling in one direction. Like there is no rivalry for LSU football in the state of Louisiana. So, you know, Scott Strickland obviously has had some problems there, uh, but he has done a pretty good job fundraising that they're going to open their new football facility pretty soon. Um, I think they spent money on Mullen's recruiting team. I don't think that recruiting team was all that well organized or actually put together as far as the quality of some of the people there. Uh, so I don't think the funds are going to be a huge issue for LSU, or excuse me, for, for Florida. I don't know if that means they're going to go out and spend quite like a Georgia does, uh, but I think they will probably you know, get a pretty good candidate in there. I, I don't think the money and the facilities are going to be that big of a problem. Of course, the expectations for this job are are really damn high. And I, who, who do you go hire? I just, I, I think it is the expectations are what create the two things that we have now seen with Florida's last head football coach, which is you're in the SEC championship game one day and you're just gone the next. Jim McElwain made SEC championships, albeit those yeah. teams kind of felt like they finished at the top of an SEC East that was downgraded significantly, especially compared to those Alabama teams that the Gators met. But still, he was in the SEC championship game. And similarly to Dan Mullen, just kind of felt like Jim McElwain got lost. You know, at least in terms of having all everybody on the same page, everyone moving in the same direction, uh, things just started to to slide a little bit. They started to slide a, a little bit here with Dan Mullen. I still believe Florida, while I picked LSU, I still believe Florida's a top-tier job where any candidate shows up expecting to compete for SEC championships and national championships, but the failure to meet those expectations seems to really take its toll on a program and on a head coach. Chip, I, I completely agree with you there. So in, in my mind, there's a list of candidates who Florida should definitely take a look at. And then I think there's a list of candidates who would definitely say yes to Florida. And I'm interested in, in sort of where where is that overlap? So Matt Rule of the Panthers, I think Florida would absolutely go take a look at. I don't think Matt, Matt Rule is going to give them time of day. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I nobody I know thinks he wants to get back to college. I don't know how the Panthers are, are playing today. I've really been working on college football stuff. So I'm not watching the NFL right now, but I think he's probably pretty happy in the pros. Would Florida want James Franklin? Yeah. They lost their quarterback yesterday, and Penn State still managed to win in blowout fashion. Would Franklin want to uh, want to go down to Florida? Is it maybe? Is that, you know, but but he also said yesterday in his press conference he kind of hinted at uh, a big at signing a new extension. extension. Yeah. Um, you know, what about Mario Cristobal? Right. If you're Florida. Do you make this move because you get the feeling that Miami might be about to fire Manny Diaz and make a run at Cristobal? If you're Cristobal, do you want to be in the SEC? There were rumors last time that he thought the Saban playbook was too pervasive in the SEC uh, when he was being looked at for the Auburn shop and thus turned it down. You know, allegedly, 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 whatever. But would he want to go to the SEC to fight Kirby? Or would he rather be at a Miami, even though it's not as good of a job resource-wise, it's also not you know much less competition. Uh, what about Billy Napier? Napier right now has been yeah. linked like TCU and, and Virginia Tech. Do yeah, you I go mean, after Napier? I think that you put him on the list. I mean, this He'd is say why, yes. I think. 
I, I think that this is why if you're Florida, you it's a, a really tough position because you've got your James Franklin and your Billy Napier. And I want to be very clear about this. I would give, and Bud, you mentioned this so many times, we're awful at grading hires. We shouldn't grade hires, but we do it because it creates incredible content that all of you click on when we say coaching grades. Boom, splash, we make money. Um, I would give them both A's. I think that Billy Napier and James Franklin are both very, very good head coaches who, given the opportunity to take over a program like Florida, would be able to uh, not necessarily hit the ceiling quickly, but would be able to at least very quickly turn the page from the previous era, be able to wash out uh, some of the negativity that was surrounding the program. But those are two wildly different coaches in terms of experience because of what James Franklin's done at Vanderbilt in the SEC Power 5 job, then at Penn State, huge legacy job where you're dealing with a crazy fan base and also coming in after a little bit of a mess. Billy Napier didn't have to do that at Louisiana. I mean, this is a much more of a smaller sample size, but that is the variance for Florida in terms of how proven the coaches are that I think are in this candidate pool. And I, I just don't know how these dominoes are going to fall. Like if, if I'm James Franklin, of course I'm uh, interested in talking to Florida and at least seeing what's up because that's, you know, one of the better jobs in all of college football. Um, I'm trying to think about what about Lane Kiffin? Oh, uh, well, oh one more. This is interesting. I think, yeah. I think Lane Kiffin would absolutely take it. 100%. I mean, he has a ton of Florida ties, obviously, you know, grew up, lived in Tampa for a while when his dad was the defensive coordinator, Monty Kiffin, of the Bucks. I don't know that Florida would would seriously go after Lane Kiffin. And I'll, I'll give credit to, uh, you know, Feldman and, and Staples of The Athletic, who have both kind of poo-pooed that notion on their podcasts recently. Um, with Napier, I, I think it would be a probably a, a solid hire. However, Franklin has done some things that Napier has not had to do. Franklin has shown that he can replace coordinators and evaluate position coaches and w- when they move on and, and make pretty good hires. And that is a skill we don't talk about a whole lot in coaching hire fire season, but that's pretty important, mm-hmm. right? And Napier is a relatively green head coach. I think he's done a good job at Louisiana. I think he's recruited extremely well at Louisiana. He knows how to recruit in the SEC, as does James Franklin. Uh, however, I would note... Louisiana oftentimes plays down to its competition. Now, their win-loss record looks really good this year, but a lot of times they don't really dominate people. And if you're recruited at that level in that league, you know, it makes me a little bit suspect, but obviously it's a totally different league. What would you say about – here's two more I'll throw at you, and I have no idea if they would take it or not, or Florida – I mean, I'm pretty sure Florida would take the one, but maybe not the other. Do you want Luke Fickle? Do you want Lincoln Riley? Yes, would Fickle go to the SEC? No, I kind of think not as well. But but you never say never, right? Like I, I you just, I just That's don't why know. This, like large span for Florida is so interesting. Yeah. You keep, like every time you put me in Scott Strickland's seat, I go, yeah, he's making the hire, right? Because of the fundraising job he's done. I, I would assume so. I mean, Scott Strickland, I've always viewed as someone who got that job because he has done well working his way up the, you know, administrative ladder uh, all the all along the way. I don't think that. I don't think you spend all that this time in the industry, move from these from SEC job to SEC job just to show up at Florida and not get to make the hire. That doesn't that doesn't sound right to me. I agree. Uh, if if the reports are true that Riley turned down LSU, which seems to be the, the the notion out there, but nothing's done until it's done. We assume he would also turn down Florida. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same page with you there. 
Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Lincoln Riley get, dropped the uh, the old Barry Switzer line. It was the first time that the NFL came sniffing around uh, Lincoln Riley. He said, you know, those NFL jobs are great, but, you know, those those NFL jobs, you know, there's only but like so there are 32 and out of those 32, only you know about 25 are all the same. He was like, you're at the University of Oklahoma. There's not many other jobs that are on this level. I mean, it's just. Let's speak to that then. What about a guy who has coached at Florida and has coached at the University of Oklahoma? What if Bob Stoops wants to get back in the game? I would think that would be uninspired to – I think that would be uninspiring to someone who is hoping that Florida is, is going to be closing the gap with Georgia. But how about this? What is Bob? I don't, I don't oh, think – Yeah, I don't think Bob Stoops closes the gap with Georgia. I think Bob Stoops prevents you from being 5-6 and six on November 21st again. Yeah, that, that's that's probably fair. What about Mark Stoops? How far to, how far down is he on that list for Florida? He's competent, does a really good job there at Kentucky. To your point about experience, you maybe take Mark. You maybe you maybe power rank Mark ahead of Napier just based on experience. Yeah, I, I think you power rank Napier on upside, but maybe Mark on, on experience more. And then finally, I, I don't know how the Jaguars are doing today. Urban, is there any shot? Yes. Is that the first call you make? Uh, no, I think Urban might have. If Urban's actually interested, then he's like lit the you, smoke signal already. You've already made the call. Okay. He, yeah. he, he made the call. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the second that he saw his good friend, Dan Mullen, spiraling out of control, Urban might have. If Listen, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, what, what odds would I need to bet them? I mean, it would need to be UConn Moneyline kind of odds for me to be betting on Urban Meyer wanting to jump into the University of Florida at a time when the program is already in the midst of a culture issue. Uh, I was on CBS Sports HQ discussing this breaking news with Barrett Salee earlier. He mentioned something that I think is interesting. He said, Oregon losing set this domino off because if Oregon has a serious shot at the college football playoff, then Cristobal might be trying to keep everyone at a distance. But now that Oregon is out of the college football playoff, the timetable for when Mario Cristobal might leave Oregon has been sped up. You don't get Mario Cristobal if you have to wait for the Ducks to finish their college football playoff semifinal game on December 31st. You might be able to get him after the Pac-12 championship game um, now that they are likely out of playoff contention. So I, I would kind of agree with that, but I would also posit this. If we can agree that this recruiting class is, is toast anyway, what's the harm in waiting? I think, I think there's still staff hire harm in wait. I think that everything it, that time is lost is harm. I think that you want to get your new head coach in as soon as possible to turn to shut the door on the season that was, turn the page, and get the program moving forward. I think that those, let's see, if it's December 4th is the Saturday, I think the Pac-12 championship game is on Friday night, the 3rd. Let's say you can introduce them on the 5th or the 6th, the 6th being that Monday. The difference between December 6th and January 2nd feels huge. I just think you're not going to pick up any any recruits in that, in that time frame anyway, I don't think. Like, wh- wh- why not just go heavily portal and say, hey, we, we need to build this thing from the ground up? Um, I, I I don't know. It's It's an interesting thought because – if you don't fill that position in by, by the early signing period and Cristobal was in the playoff, 
then everyone it's, everyone's, pretty, it's pretty obvious that it's him unless you think you're going to pull Nick Kirby or Ryan Day and or assuming that you know chalk holds and I kind of doubt that what about um do you think that any other right, so you mentioned do you think Manny Diaz uh like what about is is Steve Sarkeesian okay like at this point I'm really willing to entertain all options for what's going to happen in this coaching carousel because of how many jobs open so early in the season, the fact that we're still here at November 21st and we've got these big high-profile ones, the dominoes are going to create some movement. I don't think that any of my prior notions about what would or wouldn't uh, warrant a premature fire, I think that's all out the window. I think that everyone feels really emboldened that in this time of uncertainty, that if if you're not happy with the direction of your program and you can gather together the funds, then just go ahead and make a move. Chip, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I also think there, there's a bit of a, a, a lack of obvious candidates out there for some of these jobs. The, the the salary inflation in this sport at the sort of mid to upper mid level has made it to where guys are pickier about jumping, right? Louisiana came up with a couple million to pay to pay Billy Napier. In like 20 years ago, he could not have turned down South Carolina and Auburn last year. He would not have had that luxury. The guys have more leverage now because every every program is making so much more money and we're not yet seeing the, the very, very, very top schools say, hey, here's 15, right? They're not doubling up these guys anymore from go, you know, making from four to eight very often. So a lot of times these guys are happy to stay where they are and it makes the candidate pool a little bit tougher. Like Fickle, 20 years ago, would have been gone after last year. But this year, he's still here. And he, he can kind of pick where he wants to go, or maybe he'll just stay at Cincinnati. Who knows? As far as your question about Texas, I, I really have no idea. Um, we talked about this on, on last night's Instant Reaction show. Of course, always watch Cover 3 on Saturday night. You know where you need to be. If Texas brought in Sarkeesian as a guy that could take them from you know nine wins to a national title, but now they found out they actually have a total rebuild, they need to reconsider if he is the guy to do that complete rebuild. And I don't know if he is or not. That'll be up to Texas to decide. Certainly, they have all the money in the world. Of course, they do have to pay a buyout if they want to jump uh, early from the Big 12. So that you know, maybe a little cash trap there for for a little bit. I got to check the price on oil. Um, I don't no, know, man. Money's, money's not real. Like this is uh, yeah. like Bill Connolly had this um, awesome. He had the the two hands coming in on each side with the you know come together and you've got the muscles and and it really does feel as I'm you know still in I guess year three or year four of diving into enjoying European soccer at the different professional leagues it's like money's not real like managers can get fired just because of a couple bad results or a bad month like things can spiral out of control quickly and you know if Texas oil for uh the University of Texas Saudi oil for you know the EPL teams like there's still different ways that they can uh, they can pull together money and be able to make a move uh there have been a lot of comments here in the live chat it bringing back sort of what everyone is hinting at if everyone's looking to make a change and I am seemingly empowering or giving my acceptance of the idea that schools should make changes if they don't think they've got the right person for the job. Does that mean that there's not enough quality candidates and that someone's going to end up having to settle? Yes. But let me flip it on the other side. Who are some names that might benefit from someone having to settle? Like I think Hugh Freeze could be somebody that could benefit from dominoes falling and all of a sudden a job opens up. That could be a level up from Liberty. 
Yeah. No, I, Chip, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, I, I don't know who would hire him. I mean, Ole Miss is unlikely to take him back at this point if for some reason Florida did go Kiffin. I don't know. That, that's that's an interesting Jeff question. Trailer, UTSA, he could end up getting the tap. For which one? I just I'm, I'm thinking about like the big just ideas. Like if all of a sudden dominoes start falling, coaches start getting hired. Who's who else is going to be in that group? Um, who else is? Like, do you think that Matt Campbell ends up making a move because we see enough dominoes fall? I don't know. I mean, he's got a big contract there at Iowa State, and now Iowa State is in the Big Twelve. Well, they were always in the Big Twelve, but now we're pretty sure that Iowa State is going to, or the, the Big 12, rather, is going to stay as a Power 5 league, even though I don't know that it necessarily should. Uh, maybe he doesn't want to go anywhere. True. I don't know. We'll see. What do you think is the next job that opens up? Um, Power 5. New Mexico State. Oh, FAU. Oh, that's not Power 5 either. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Maybe the chat has one off the top of their head. You're not going to uh, say Texas. No, 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 no. I would, I would just guess Miami. We'll see. Yeah, I, that's probably a pretty good guess by you. I if, would think. If the maybe if the, Arizona State. Oh, Arizona. But do they State. fire the AD too? Because I don't think the AD is going to fire him. Mm. Like I know, I know he had an issue with the basketball coach. The baseball coach he hired is doing terrible. Um. We'll see. I mean, they, they look pretty uninspired last night and losing at Oregon State. If Arizona beats them or something, maybe they're just like, guys, we have five commitments in our class right now. What are we doing? If Arizona beats Arizona State, that's a rizap. Yeah, I, mean, I think so too. You can't move forward with that. Uh, obviously, eyes on Durham to see if there's any kind of announcement about you know what how to do or what to move forward or what the game plan is right there. Uh, we mentioned Georgia Tech. You know, I, I don't want to get too ACC-centric here. All right, one final one before we get out of here. Does Dan Mullen have a future coaching in college football in 2022? If he wants it, absolutely. You think any any good program would hire him as an offensive coordinator right away? I mean, if he wants to be an offensive coordinator, yeah. Like the guy had clearly lost the the, the plot and lost the culture there at Florida down the stretch. It doesn't erase the the what he do like ten years at Mississippi State or eight years at Mississippi State and the prior three years at Florida. Yeah, I mean, the, I. I think he can lost. He, the, I think he lost the culture. But can he get Virginia Tech? I think Vatech would need to dig on, on exactly what happened at Florida. If Florida would be honest with him, but maybe could he land at Auburn? If Auburn opens, yeah, I don't think so because Auburn thinks thinks very highly of itself. Okay, Dan Mullen is a, a fascinating character to watch as a free agent here because I think the results are. College offensive coordinator, um, college head coach, NFL offensive coordinator, or NFL head coach. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury was fired at Texas Tech and hired by the Arizona Cardinals. We could definitely see a Kingsbury-like path for uh, a Dan Mullen coach who has a great example of what he can do with quarterback development playing in national television uh, tonight. So um, will be an interesting thread to follow. Anything else? Let's wrap it. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at BudElliott3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We'll be back on Monday. A little bit of a time change here. We're going live at 12 p.m. noon Eastern time on Monday for upon further review. More of our threads from the weekend, including, hey, listen. 
We told y'all on the Instant Reaction Show, we didn't know what the Big 12 tiebreaker scenarios were. We, we fumbled and bumbled our way through it, and then we got people yelling at us to tell us that we were wrong, as if we didn't preface the conversation with, we don't know if this is right or not. We'll correct the Big 12 conference title scenarios and all of our clinching scenarios as part of Monday's show. But thank you very much. Chip, appreciate it. By the way, if you guys are watching this feed, uh, I'll be live talking about the opening weekend bets in about 10 minutes. So check me out at buddl 3 on Twitter, and I will shoot out the link for that one as soon as I get it. Peace, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.